0: Well, my hand is sore from counting my money. We were generalists, and I think that's a lot of freelancers want to be generalists because they're scared to pigeonhole themselves. Cause It's a starvation mentality that, well, if I only do one thing really well that I'm I'm leaving all this other money on the table because I don't do those other things.
1: And it isn't the case. That's my guest, Kurt Elster, talking about what he learned firsthand about pigeonholing his business. Kurt runs a web development agency that specialized in a single product for a single platform with surprising results. I spoke with Kurt about his journey from generalist to specialist. I'm Philip Morgan, and this is the Consulting Pipeline podcast, where we talk about building your consulting pipeline through positioning, education-based content marketing, and marketing automation. All right, Kurt, who are you and what the heck do you do? Uh,
0: well, I am the, the co-founder and creative director of a, a boutique consultancy in Chicago called EtherCycle, and we're known predominantly for right now, professionally, we're known for um, a productized consulting offering called Website Rescues. Yes. We implement best practices on a Shopify store. Um, and a couple other things. Uh, we're the creators of Calming Manatee, which took the internet by storm two years ago. That's its own meme. We stumbled onto a meme somehow. Uh-huh. Um, and we've done um, uh, development to traditional agency style consulting for larger creative agencies. And we created, um, we developed marketing campaigns for. Uh, Verizon and NFL
1: Mobile. Okay, so what which part of your business is on the rise right now? The, the calming <laughs> no, ab- manatees uh, <laughs> part.
0: <laughs> well, the calming manatee—that's fun. I mean, that that does earn you know thousands of of free hits a day to a website about uplifting manatees. Yeah. Uh, so I've got like the teen girl audience on lockdown there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we do we monetize that with AdSense. So we do get a little bit of money from that, some revenue from that. Mm -hmm. But the part of our business that is growing and hugely um, exploding um, is Shopify. We picked – we've got this platform um, that we're really great at, Shopify. Um, And within Shopify, we're really good at specifically um, taking an existing Shopify store and helping them level up, make it slightly better. And that's Mm -hmm. what that website rescue offering is about.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So why did you choose Shopify?
0: You know, I think – they chose us <laughs> okay. um, in that, you know, it, it was self-selection. We, we were generalists. And I think that's a lot of freelancers want to be generalists because they're scared to pigeonhole themselves because uh-huh. it's starvation mentality that, well, if I only do one thing really well, then I'm giving, I'm leaving all this other money on the table. Cause I don't do those other things. Yeah. And it isn't the case. Um, but no, we had a years ago, we had a client who needed an e-commerce store. He was on a terrible platform and I'd heard about Shopify. I'm like, let's give it a shot. We'll try Shopify with you, and over to you know we did that. We did a couple, and that was early in Shopify's days. So they reached out to us. They said we saw the store you did. Would you like to be listed on our experts page? I said, sure, why not? Um, and over time, we had a couple come in, but then I, I, um, I started trying to get reviews from people, mm-hmm. and once I got like ten reviews, that's all it took. At ten reviews, I was suddenly um, viewed as this incredible Shopify expert, and literally like. Im- 10 reviews was all it took to become the top rated um, Shopify person in in Chicago.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Do you focus on just one type of industry vertical or anybody using Shopify?
0: So any, yeah. Well, yes and no. So Mm -hmm. outwardly, um, anyone using Shopify will hire. I try to limit it to, especially for Rescue, I limit it to something that I can get at least a little bit excited about Mm -hmm. because it means I've got a better understanding of it. Um, And I want to, I want to want to work on it.
1: So, so you mean like excited about the product or or something about what they're doing excites you?
0: Yeah. Usually it's, it's, it has to be something interesting about the product. So we found, um, like we've done a couple Kickstarter stories, success stories. Um, those are always fun. I just, I'm attracted to, to product development and those Mm -hmm. early stage businesses. Yeah. Um, that's fun or just stuff that happens to interest like a hobby of mine.
1: Okay. So what you're offering these types of people who use Shopify is what you call web, web, website rescues, right? right? How does that work? What does that create for them as, in terms of an outcome?
0: So the, the outcome of website rescues, the thing it's really selling is more money. The promise is you give me you know, the $2,500 that website rescues cost right now. And I promise a return on investment of two to five times. Mm-hmm. So really what you're selling, the outcome you're selling is more money, more income. Nice. Um, I think that's where a lot of freelancers get it wrong as they talk like, oh, we have pixel perfect design and we subscribe to color theory. And it's like, well, the bad news, like that's great. And I, I appreciate that. I like that. Mm-hmm. But the bad news is your client probably doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. They want money in their pocket. Like that speaks to every business owner. And that's really your clients are business owners.
1: hmm. Why don't you take me back to, you know, the dawn of time as far as EtherCycle is concerned. How did you get started in in business, the part where you're self-employed? I know that you had a, a job before that.
0: Yeah, I, um, I was an e-commerce product manager okay. for uh, an auto parts store. And it was stressful. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get, uh, you know, I was helping this, I was growing revenue, growing biz- growing um, the online business, for this, this auto parts retailer. Right. And, you know, I, I wanted a raise, I wanted to see results. Um, and I wasn't getting them. Okay. Uh, and at the same, you know, I said to like, I need a raise. The guy said, we don't have the money. We can't, we can't, um, pay you anymore. Yeah. This is what we got right now. And at the same time, like within the same time frame, he also had me shopping, cruising eBay to, um, pick up a, a Porsche 911 turbo for him, which hmm. is a very fine car. <laughs> um, so it's like, all right, we could spend forty five thousand dollars cash on this car, but I can't get a raise. Well, so that was, was was
1: that like a company car?
0: <laughs> uh, it wasn't clear. Okay. <laughs> how that worked. Um, gotcha. But I was, you know, I was, I was disappointed. Yeah. And you know, one day I don't remember how long it was. I think it was only a couple of weeks, maybe a month. But I was going to work. And I was tying my shoes. They're Converse All Stars. I remember clearly. I'm on the couch, and I started sobbing at the just like the premise of having to go to work. Like the whole time, I'd been lying to myself about being happy, being working for someone and growing someone else's business. And uh, so I quit, and I had zero plan whatsoever. Mm. I gave, and I didn't give 14 day notice. I gave seven day notice.
1: Mm. Wow. <laughs> so
0: the next day, I was sitting there, and I dreamed, like in the shower, I dreamed up this elaborate software as a service business where we'd build like an e-commerce platform that. Included its own product descriptions depending on what vertical you were in, uh-huh. um, and that was a disaster. But we pivoted. That's <laughs> we pivoted <laughs> it and um, turned it into the, you know, this um, design and development agency.
1: Okay. So when you when you really had your you know feet on the ground with Ethercycle, you were not chasing um, the pie in the sky software as a service streams. <laughs> you, what were you doing? What kind of clients were you serving? Um, what was your focus at that point?
0: So at that point, it was small business brochure websites. So we had, you know, we were trying to build the software as a service mm-hmm. thing. Um, and people misunderstood what we did and were offering. Um, they are like, we had a local office. So they were literally like knocking on the door and saying, hey, uh, take our money. We need a new website. Mm-hmm. I was turning it away, <laughs> foolishly. <laughs> um, so the pivoting happened when I was like, maybe I accept their money and we keep the lights on. Right. Um, and it turned like we started doing, it turned out we were really good at it. We were good mm-hmm. at it. People were really happy with the service. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, so that was the start of it. And the way, you know, we had a couple clients like that. We got some referrals, which was helpful because as soon as you're in a small, a local community, mm-hmm. uh, you get referrals from business owners. And but then I, I took it up a notch. I wrote a letter of introduction, stuck my business card in it and slipped it under every business owner's door mm-hmm. in the uptown area. Mm hmm. Um, and I wrote there, I hand wrote their first name on it. Um, and I look that up with, uh, I think, Manta.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that gets attention. If you have an envelope under your door, handwritten to your first name, there's no way you don't open that envelope.
1: Yeah, right. You're, you're going after, it sounds like your focus at this point is local businesses who need some kind of website, some simple website, right? Yeah, hmm Okay. So why aren't you doing that today? Meaning why aren't you just, you know, doing that on a bigger scale or, you know, what happened next in terms of a change in direction with your focus?
0: Well, so the, the amount of time it took to create a, initially, I mean, the reason we, we started moving away from it was the amount of time it took to create these custom business, these Mm -hmm. custom brochure websites that were Mm -hmm. really good. It actually took a lot of time Uh and small businesses either don't see the value in it or don't have the budget for it. Mm. So we just started moving up the chain until we were charging um, like twenty five thousand for these moderately customized um, custom designed brochure websites. okay. And you know we kept um, moving up until we landed a um, marketing agency mm-hmm. and we did a brochure website for them, and it was forty five thousand. Uh-huh. But it was hard to keep that going, like to keep you know because a company like most companies are really only going to do their website like every four years. So we tried to, we pivoted it a little bit and said, okay, we're going to do service for marketing agencies, either for them or for their clients, and that worked well. But again, you know, you don't have direct contact with the client, mm-hmm. um, in those situations, and, you know, those like mid-size hundred to two hundred um, creative, hundred to two hundred person creative agencies, um, can you can run into a lot of red tape. Where it's like, all right, stuff that was agreed on is scope in the proposal, like changes six months down the road because someone didn't communicate to like the project manager to the to the, and then to the client. And then like the, you know, the, the agency owner steps in at the end. Um, Mm -hmm. So we still, we still have that offering out there. We still do that work. But for the most part, it's been so much more gratifying um, and profitable to work with directly with e-commerce
1: store owners. So what was, you know, what was the first time that you saw that? I know you have this e-commerce background, but when did you kind of have that aha moment about Shopify and, oh, this could really work?
0: Um, well, with the the website rescue for Shopify, that idea was born out of um, the guy, uh, Amling Cycle, it's a bite, local bike shop, mm-hmm. a friend of mine. He, and he was the very first Shopify store we did. Okay. And he came to me. He said, "We want to redo. You know, before the season starts, we want to redo our website. We know we don't have the money for a redesign, mm-hmm. but the website's just looking a little aged. Can you freshen it up?" Is essentially what he asked. Okay. And I thought, okay. I said, you know what? Um, let's try this. And I sat down um, with my my business partner Paul, who is mm-hmm. a front end developer by trade, mm-hmm. and essentially we like we pair designed a redesign of a website. Like okay. we had carte blanche. We just sat down, um, opened up the inspect element tool and wrote down like every change we made to really, um, refresh this website. And right. it only took us about like with implementing it and revisions, it took about an afternoon and he was really pleased with the results. So, okay, I'm like that's kind of a good idea. We should, we should do that again. Right. So a similar situation popped up and I said, you know what? Uh, I've, I can do a, a reskin in place. um, if you're interested, we mm-hmm. did it again. So by the time I did the third one, I said, okay, I'm going to formalize this. You know, this is clearly uh, a wonderful package. So I mm-hmm. turned it into its own landing page. And really, like, that's the that's all it takes to have a product. Does it have a landing page? Congrats it's <laughs> a product.
1: Right, right. And, and you chose a separate domain name for it, but you probably could have just as easily put it under your EtherCycle slash Website Rescues. That kind yeah. Of yeah.
0: Yeah, and initially, I mean part of the the name came from I had that domain name mm-hmm. from like a year prior when I was thinking about writing a blog about um best practices.
1: Oh. Yeah. Nice. You you started to see that there was a pattern and then you said, "Oh, wait. This could be a thing. This could be a focused offering that we offer, right?"
0: Yeah. And I'd already sort of like in business had been training myself to look for those patterns because I was looking for um, processes mm-hmm. to add to our business just to save time mm-hmm. um, and make life easier for everybody. I love processes. Right. So the same thing could be applied to a product
1: or service. Gotcha. OK. You, you immediately fired all your other clients and did this wholesale, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, of course not. Um, OK, so this no, is a gradual I, transition.
0: Yeah it was essentially as like as new clients came in, um, I would push them toward that website rescue. I'd say, like uh, especially with Shopify, identified um, there's really three or four ways that someone approaches us. and so I had like an email response saved in a text file for mm-hmm. each of those ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of them in some way conclude with like, okay, you should check out website rescue, and then I would attach a PDF. Because even if they looked at the website, somehow seeing it as a PDF makes it more real.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so weird to us uh, online people. But uh. I
0: well, yeah, I, I personally I don't get it, but I've seen it work enough times where yeah. I'm like, here's the link, and they don't read it, and then I say, here's a PDF, and you know, suddenly they've read the the whole thing backwards and forwards with 100% comprehension.
1: <laughs> right. That's awesome. So, um, so this was a gradual change for you, and it was. Pushing people towards this offering rather than the stuff that you used to sell them, brochure websites and custom development.
0: Yeah, it was kind of an interesting thing that happened. I start, like, at the same time, you know, when we launched that website rescues offering, that sales pitch was incredibly appealing to people. Mm -hmm. And they would tell me that. They would then ask me for, like, just, you know, hourly work anyway. They'd be like, oh, I saw that. It looked really great. By the way, can you do X, Y, and Z thing? Uh huh. And how much does that cost? And I'd say, okay, what's the purpose of that? Because uh-huh. if the purpose is make more money, I have a
1: package just for that. And, and what would, what was the response to that offer?
0: Uh, well, so it, it's split. Either some people are going to be like, oh, wow, you know, the website rescue does look really good. Now that uh-huh. I reconsider it, let's talk about it. Okay. You know, so long as you could do my, my initial things, you know, so in that case, it becomes an upsell
1: uh-huh.
0: or they, you know, they would say, oh, well, we don't have the money for that. What can you do instead? Okay. But in, even in that case, the that's still a, a positive answer. Right. Like there's yeah. no, no one would not want the website rescue if it costs zero dollars because the approach is, all right, you don't do anything and I make your website make more money for you.
1: What I hear you say is regardless, the response was money in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, yeah. it was new business and, and happy customers. Did you, um... I mean, did you lose any customers or did did people call up and complain and say, all right, you're doing this new thing.
0: No, we're not not going to do
1: business with you anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. And that like, you know, I think I, I had that fear a little bit. I know other people um, have that fear that like, if you add something new to your business, you know, a new service offering, you're somehow uh, detracting from the rest of your business. And it's not the case.
1: Yeah. Or abandoning uh, your support of those, those legacy clients.
0: No, yeah. and yeah. you can, you know, those there're still opportunities to educate and upsell those those legacy clients.
1: So what's um you know what's the benefit of you focusing on a handful of very defined services versus being uh sort of a, you know, soup to nuts kind of a shop.
0: So when we're soup to nuts, the issue is, you know, every question, every project, you're reinventing the wheel. Hmm. So there's all this time you know, that goes into uh, yak shaving, where you're mm-hmm. doing research um, to, to realize this outcome that you're not even sure if you could do. Mm-hmm. So it really kind of shakes, shakes confidence and wastes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, if I only work in one platform and do like one specific set of things for that platform, I know it backwards and forwards. So for me, I do it faster, I do it more comfortably, and I get better results for the client. But at the, from the outside Saying I only do X for Y makes you immediately look like an expert. You know, the fear is from a generalist's attitude, you've got that starvation mentality where you say, okay, I'm, I'm giving things up mm-hmm. and I won't make any money anymore because there's not enough and I can't just, and I have to do everything everyone offers me. And it's not the case. Right. You just look like a commodity service.
1: So do clients, I mean, do clients now seek you out because you're, uh, I don't know, the Shopify guy or the website rescues guy?
0: Absolutely. The, um, yeah, I mean, that's, we've changed from like when we were doing the, the consulting for marketing agencies, no mm-hmm. one sought us out. We had to, like, I did all of that through outreach mm-hmm. through, you know, emailing and making contacts and schmoozing with people. Mm-hmm. Um, the Shopify thing, I don't do outreach at all anymore. I get, th- oops. I get three to
1: five, um,
0: new client leads a day.
1: Mm. How exactly does that happen? Does that happen through referrals or how do they come to you?
0: Uh, so some referrals. So there's a lot of people. I mean, when you define yourself that well, your clients that you did that service for um, just inherently know what a good fit for you is. Mm-hmm. You don't have to explain it to them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do get referrals and that's probably 20 uh, percent of it. The other 80 percent is entirely through, you know, um it's through a contact form. I get, mm-hmm. you know, through Shopify's expert page, mm-hmm. through the website rescues um, contact form.
1: Gotcha. Here's what I was going to ask before. Shirt, sure. do you get bored working with Shopify?
0: <laughs> no, absolutely <laughs> not. I've got, what I get is confident. Um, huh. When you only work in one platform, it like, you're not. It takes away all the worry. I'm not worrying about learning new things uh-huh. um, and trying to figure out what the next big platform is. I know this platform inside and out. So then I could focus on the important stuff, you know, like the the client's product mix. Um, and that's exciting and, and gratifying.
1: So, okay. So, you know, the the excitement of learning a new technology has been replaced by the interest or the excitement or the satisfaction of having – uh, insight into your client's business, is that? Am I putting Absolutely. words in your mouth?
0: <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> no, that's exactly right. Okay. Um, but on top of it, I mean, even just being in that one platform, they're rolling out new features, there's new tactics, and mm-hmm. e-commerce as a category has broadly new um, new tech and new strategies that, mm-hmm. that roll down um, the pipeline on a, a weekly basis. So, I mean... <laughs> I say, okay, we're just doing Shopify. But in reality, it's like, all right, we're doing email marketing. We're doing retargeting. We're doing conversion optimization.
1: Right. Right. Okay. So did you have any sort of oh shit moments where you felt like you'd made a mistake by picking e-commerce or picking Shopify as, as a place to focus?
0: No, not at all. With, the only time I had an oh shit moment was when I didn't accept, do 100% upfront payments with Website Rescues.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Are you concerned that you have pigeonholed yourself in some way that's going to come back to haunt you later?
0: No, I encourage everybody to pigeonhole themselves. (laughs) It's as simple as putting up a landing page and declaring yourself an expert at that thing.
1: Nice. So um, what do you do in terms of marketing that's different than what you did three years ago? When did EtherCycle start exactly? Five years ago. Okay. Wait, five years ago. What are you doing different now in terms of your marketing?
0: So, today I'm more I'm focused doing, uh, or different. I'm doing two things that are hugely powerful um, content marketing. So, we've got blog posts up there, guest blog posts, um, and podcasts. Mm-hmm. Podcasts are hugely powerful mm-hmm. because, it's, I mean, you're sitting in on a conversation with someone, you get a really good sense of who they are that way, mm-hmm. um, and it builds trust and confidence.
1: Are you talking about um, guesting or hosting podcasts, or both?
0: Both. We actually do both, but okay. I would say you know start with guesting. You know, being a guest on somebody's podcast is as difficult as buying a thirty dollars microphone from Amazon and finding one podcast to get on. Yeah, um, that's been that's been hugely beneficial. The second thing we did um, is building a drip campaign. And the drip campaign has a, it's essentially, you're, you're giving free advice mm-hmm. that demonstrate your expertise, but also deliver value. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, an easy way for people to get to know you because they've got you in their inbox, you know, every day for a week or, you know, every other week for six months, however you set up your drip campaign.
1: Who In your drip campaign, who are you speaking to? Who's your audience for that?
0: So my drip campaign, um, it's actually, it's a broad category. It's anyone mm-hmm. who's got, and I should narrow it down. I should take my own advice and really mm-hmm. pigeonhole that drip campaign. Yeah. But right now it's called um, double your conversion rate. Okay. And essentially it's, you get, um, one email, uh, every day for five days. That's just, um, website best practices that you could apply to any website. That's going to be a good idea, whether you're Wikipedia or Amazon, mm-hmm. um, And at the end of those five days, I asked people, I said, if this wasn't valuable, unsubscribe. If not, stick around and I will send you something once a week. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's less than half a percent of people who unsubscribe. Um, It may even be less than that. Nice. Um, But then, you know, once a week I've got the drip campaign goes out for, I think, a year. Um, And it's. Uh, it sends out content that I've, I've found, I've developed, I've made. Like just as I've made this podcast with you, that may end up in the drip campaign. Yeah. But it's a way to keep delivering value, but also stay in touch. And mm. it's completely automated. Like if mm. I go to the hospital tomorrow with a broken leg, this thing is still going to email
1: hundreds of people tomorrow yeah. morning. Uh, that's lots of content, <laughs> like 50 <laughs> weeks. <laughs> yeah, no, like. I think yeah. It's, a,
0: it's a good, uh, yeah, there's at least 50 emails in it.
1: If you're talking to another, you know, founder of a technical firm who's doing software development, uh, web design, something like that, what advice do you have for them from what you've learned about focus, you know, finding that, that, you know, that focused offering or that audience that you want to sell to?
0: When you have, so if you're in a a tech firm, you're not going to see, I mean, you may see results now. But you will see explosive growth as soon as you target an audience, a result, and a platform or technology. So Mm -hmm. essentially, you know, in the terms of the internet, that's almost like picking a geography. Um, But when you narrow down those three things, you then become the absolute expert at that. Um, So that's step one. Mm -hmm. And it just has to be something, you know, the intersection of something you're good at and you enjoy. Right. After that, all you have to do to get clients is talk about it. So share value, share those learnings, mm-hmm. um, and talk about it. No one is going to toot your horn for you. Mm-hmm. You have to get out there and do it. And that's sort of like a lot of people are almost too polite to mm-hmm. um, go out and promote themselves. They feel like it's bragging. It isn't. It provi- as long as you're providing value, you can say whatever you want, so long as someone gets something actionable out of it.
1: What about that feeling like, well, I wasn't an expert, you know, yesterday or a year ago, but now I'm, uh, you know, setting myself up as, a, as an expert. how, how do you, so. <laughs> Yeah, how do, how do you help people deal with that, um, that insecurity? You know, I,
0: I had that problem, too. Um, mm-hmm. But everyone who'd done it um, had told me, like, well, I just called myself an expert, so I'm an expert. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it until I tried it. Mm-hmm. You just have to know... more than the person you're talking to. Mm. And as you talk about it, you will quickly start learning more um, over time. Like I know way more about Shopify now than I did 12 months ago. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at the time, I still knew more than 90% of people.
1: What, uh, this is sort of a straggler of a question. What has been the effect on your revenue of this new focus on Shopify?
0: Um, Well, my hand is sore from counting my money.
1: (laughs) I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, actually, no, it's um, having, you know, picking a niche and having a productized consulting offering um, hugely grows revenue because it yeah. gives you, you know, there's no, when you're freelancing and you're, if you feel like you're making the price up um, and it's easy to start giving discounts before they even ask for them. Mm-hmm. Once you have a package price um, and then it's easy to weigh over deliver where you just keep letting the scope creep bigger and bigger. Right. Once I had that package offering, um, I was able to say, like, you know, here's the definitive result you're getting. Here's the price it costs. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, combined with saving a lot of time by having these processes, yeah. Um, I can. If I chart it out, I can. I could provide you a chart. It will show you the the revenue growth. But it basically uh, hockey sticks once I I started that offering.
1: That's incredible. What would you do differently if you could go back and you know replay the last two years? Let's say. You had all this knowledge that you have now. How would you do things differently?
0: I would have gone straight into specializing with Shopify. I wish I hadn't been a generalist for so long. It was silly. Mm. And I shouldn't have resisted. um, I think I resisted content marketing. Like I know there were opportunities I passed on because I was like, I'm not an expert. I can't do that.
1: Right. Nice. That's awesome. So, uh, Kurt, where should people go to find out more about you?
0: Uh, well, the the best place to reach me is on Twitter. So if people um, want to follow me at Kurt Inc. Um, I also have a pin tweet up there um, that has my email address. So if anyone wants to email me with questions about this podcast or Shopify or life in general or why your car makes that noise, um, <laughs> go ahead and shoot me an email, and I'd be happy to respond to it. I love hearing from people. Um, but if you also want to see that that drip campaign in action, um, head to KurtElster.com. Um, and you could sign up for it there.
1: Right on. Awesome. Thank you, Kurt. That's it for this episode of the Consulting Pipeline podcast. Thanks again to my guest, Kurt Elster. You can find Kurt online at kurtelster.com. And Kurt has actually just released a awesome course on automating your follow-ups and requests for referrals. The result is that you get more clients in through the door with less work. And you can find that course at dripprofits.com. D-R-I-P-P-R-O-F-I-T-S.com. You can find more episodes of this podcast at consultingpipelinepodcast.com. I'm Philip Morgan, and I hope to see you again next time.